and uh, welcome to Village Catholic Conversation. This is John Kinovia, your host, and I've been joined by incredible people today. Our co-host, Art Vuma Jr. and uh, Tom Faro. Hey, how John. are you doing, gentlemen? Good, how are you? Doing very well, doing very well. Absolutely. Yeah, it has been uh, quite a while since we last met. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Give away trade secrets. All right, all right. <laughs> And uh, we welcome you, we ask you to pull a chair and enjoy our conversation today. And our discussion today is, why are we still Catholics? Even though we know there's some you know, many things going on and influencing people in our culture today, we still remain faithful stewards of the faith. Why are we still Catholic? You know, why, why do you f still feel on fire even though you know there's a lot of uh, woo going on? Well, I, personally, I'm still Catholic because I think it's uh, it's pretty much in vogue nowadays to be Catholic, right? It's very popular, and people respect people who are Catholic, and it's just a very popular trend right now. Sarcasm alert. Sarcasm signal. <laughs> well, I look at it this way. <laughs> Thank you. I'm watching. Play obvious there enough? Um, why would anybody be of any faith persuasion? This, the answer is... You shouldn't, unless you believe, heart, mind, body, and soul, that it's truth. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You seek yeah. the truth. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, people don't, like, go back to some, some, some of C.S. Lewis' writings, you know, you don't seek out a faith that you think, oh, that would be cool to be that, or that's kind of, no, you, you seek truth. And, um, and even when there are challenging things going on, that does not change because there's truth. Um, I'm reminded of a quick story since we're having those, these conversations. We, um, we had a, a, a friend of ours who uh, we were spending some time with um, on vacation. And um, <clears throat> she was talking about how she was going to be, her and her family were going to leave the Catholic Church. And they're going down to a, um, like a non-denominational Christian church, you know, down the road. And, you know, I, I did a little quick, all right, Holy Spirit, what do you, what do you, what's my mm -hmm. role in this, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I just asked some questions. Like, yeah. same thing you're asking. Yeah. Well, why are you doing that? Yeah. Well, they've got a really awesome kids program. They do music and they do things. And, mm. and I'm like, I said, that's awesome. Mm. And I said, well, what are your thoughts on Eucharist, mm. on communion? Mm. Well, obviously they don't have that because it's a Christian, you know. Um, how about confession? Mm. Yeah. And, and, as, and I just asked questions and got yeah. answers. Yeah. And I said, so are you making a decision on your church based on a children's program? Or because you believe that that church mm. has the fullest expression mm. of a church of what God wanted us to encounter mm. in this world. And she left, our friend left that, left that time together and lo and behold, came around full circle mm. and not only remained in the Catholic faith, but became very um, engaged in her faith yeah. And started a children's program mm. at her church. Okay, so wow. the question was, why would you make a decision? Yeah. You know, yeah. because it's neat, or because I believe there's truth. Mm. And she did believe, as she, as she reflected in the days going, uh, the days moving forward, on the Eucharist, on the sacrament of reconciliation. She realized, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. I believe yeah. those. They're part of my life, yeah. Yeah. and I can't give them up just because this church has a neat children's program. Yeah. yeah. So. What do you believe and why do you believe it? Why do to you me, believe that's the story. Yeah, point. why do you believe it? Why do you believe it? And I think that's a very important question to mm -hmm. answer. <clears throat> and uh, 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 whether it's a individual reflection or a group reflection, 
Why do you believe what you believe? Especially the Eucharist. Yeah. Uh, I researched the other day, and I'm sure we're going to be answering these questions, said that um, in the Catholic Church, we still have people, members of our faith, that don't believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And uh, part of the reason why we are speaking about why we are Catholic is because not only do we want to help and set an example on some of the things that we do, but also want to encourage people to have the conversation of why they're still Catholic outside there, right. in the bar, <laughs> in the farmland, whatever they're doing. What, what's your take on that, my friend? Um, well, I, sometimes I sit in and I wonder, am I Catholic because I've always been Catholic? <laughs> or because I was raised because I don't know any different? Um, or mm. am I Catholic for some other reason? Yeah. Is it my safe space? Is it what I'm comfortable with? Mm. Um, and I've had those internal discussions with myself, and I think it's healthy. I mean, people, yes, yes. you really should, you should have as much of a grasp on what you believe that you can based mm. on your intellectual abilities yeah. and your yeah. capabilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody's different. Some people have a much greater, you know, I'm not Aquinas yes. or Augustine <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But ultimately, as I kind of reflect on it, um, you know, I'm Catholic because I stay Catholic in spite of broken clergy and broken mm. church leaders yeah. and broken ineffectual uh, workings of the church at times. Mm. Um, I, I laugh. We work. We work in the church. So, if you ever want to have a proof that the church is led by the Holy Spirit, just see how the mechanics of it work. And like, there's no way this thing could keep running for 2,000 years if the Holy Spirit wasn't in charge. Because it's run by a bunch of broken people. It would be a train wreck. It wouldn't have lasted five years. You know, Jesus had his issues right from the beginning. Oh, yes, yes. Did, you know, Judas did. and Peter, yeah. and they're, they're all of us a mess. So, um, yeah, yeah. but ultimately, when I look at the world... The church and the truth that the church proclaims has all of the answers for the brokenness of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and including the questions of science and things that come to a mm. place where you stop and you can't go any further. Yeah. And really for me too, it comes down to the sacraments. Yeah, like they, yeah. they, and, I, and we won't necessarily go into all this today, but yes. I can tell you the Eucharist is the real presence of Jesus. Yes, I can yes. tell you because I've had prayerful engagements with the Eucharist that have been a two-way mm -hmm. conversation response. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That there is a presence there yeah. in yeah. the church. Yeah. Um, and for me, it, it, I don't think it would really matter how broken church leaders mm -hmm. or other lay people were. I'm not walking away from the Eucharist yeah. and the sacraments. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the points. Um, I wanted to share a little bit of a, a story. Uh, in high school, I, I was in a boarding high school, um, and we used to have, uh, it was not a Catholic school, but the sponsoring church uh, used to allow the uh, Christian Union, as we used to call it, to have weekend challenge, whereby they would bring Pentecostal uh, pastors on fire uh, to come and just uh, rally people and to bring people to the Lord, and uh, uh, they would say, save people. Um, and I remember one night during the weekend challenge, 
uh, I just went went there and I listened to the message of, about redemption and how Jesus saves you from your sins, from the bondage and all these things that you have in your life and, and, and you bring it to the Lord and He'll serve you. And, I, and afterwards, I went to the class and I was meditating and thinking. Um, to a point I called my friend who was one of the uh, chairpersons of the, of the group and I said, can we just pray? He was not Catholic. And in high school, I was... Uh, um, the secretary of the Catholic Action, and I was actually even uh, sharing the Word of God as 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 a Catholic um, uh, secretary in, in that group, and I felt, could this be a call for me to jump the ship to the other side? <laughs> <laughs> I had that moment because my friend was just calling the Holy Spirit on me, uh, laying hands on me, and I was like, wow, am I gonna convert? Am I converting right now? <laughs> But then during holidays, we went to, we had what you call the parish mission, where uh, our youth from 25 churches gather in the parish and uh, have a, a, a weekend retreat. And the, the priest was just breaking down our sacraments, breaking down the Eucharist, uh, breaking down the truth. And he said, this is where the truth lies. Just when Jesus Christ gave himself, gave the body, he said, this is my body. I am the truth, the way, and the life. And I was just sitting there like, I know I've had this, but this is just like new. It's like new to me. Because this priest was also very charismatic. And then during the uh, receiving of the communion, people lined up. And I remember thinking I was dreaming. There was this lady who went to receive the communion. But instead of the communion going to the lady's mouth, it was jumping back to the... Saborium. Saborium. Every time, the priest tried three times to give this lady the Eucharist. But the Eucharist wouldn't, wouldn't go. <laughs> like, everybody you saw this? Like, yeah, we saw it. it wow. We were like a thousand people in the church. Those who were kneeling didn't see, but I did see it. And I was like, and the priest, because he had a microphone, he spoke and he said, there are things that are within you that are, that are not allowing Christ to come and make your heart a home. There are things within you that you need to clean up. That's crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And this is not fake news. This is real. Like, <laughs> I was... He was giving it to her. But I wouldn't go. This is just, and everybody starts crying. I, I didn't know what was going on, even myself. <laughs> wow. But that, immediately following that he had said, I'm the truth, the life, then nobody goes to the Father except through me. And then I can see in my own eyes that I said, I'm here to stay. What happened to the woman? Well, he had to go for confession. And oh. the stories after that were even deep stories because he had to visit the the, he, would, he had to meet with the priest to do cleansing, like deep cleansing. He had the pastor had to go to his, to her home to kind of get the stuff out, it's to do with witchcraft and stuff like that, yeah. the possessions. Wow. Yeah, it had to be like deep, deep, deep cleaning of of, of her life, and it wasn't easy uh, because even even the priest was saying when he was giving the testimony after that, that there are some evil spirits that are, are forceful, and you're gonna have to be prepared when you're facing or faced with such, um, especially when a person has been 
are mixing with these spirits for quite some time. Wow. So the longer you have been into them, the harder it is to get rid of. Wow. So it's just like trying to unlearn how to ride a bicycle. Wow. So that to me was a moment of my like, oh, this is real. Right. And then to reading about all these Eucharistic miracles uh, in Argentina, in uh, other places too, that made just my faith stronger. So why am I Catholic? Because I believe in the true body of Christ. I believe the church is the bride of Christ. And I'm in it. Yeah, and I and I really think I, I, honestly, and I and this I, as simple as it is, if you are a Bible Bible believing Christian, and you believe that what the Bible says is true, Jesus says in the Bible that this is my body. Yeah, I, I, it, it's a hard teaching. You know, six chapter John, yes. six chapter John. Yes. There are people who didn't believe that, yeah. and they left. They left, and he didn't go after them. Mm -hmm. And he didn't try to, it wasn't a metaphor. Yeah. Um, so besides the fact that I internally feel like, I, 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 a little bit you know the truth. I, I was thinking about this yesterday. For some reason I can't even remember. Um, the scene where uh, Jesus is speaking to Pontius Pilate. And Pilate says to him, what is truth? Mm. That what is truth? Mm. And if you've ever seen, have you ever seen uh, the, passion the Passion of the Christ? Yes, yes, yes. That scene where... He asked his wife, and I don't know if this actually happened, but, but his wife, he says, do you, can, do you recognize mm. the truth? And she's like, yes. Mm. He's like, can you tell me what it is? And she's like, no. Mm. <laughs> like, I can't. Mm. Like, if you don't recognize the truth, yes. I, I can't help you. Like, you, you, you. So for me, I, re I recognize that this is a true thing. Yeah. But on top of that, Scripture backs it up. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not as, it's not as a feeling, an internal feeling. Yeah. The scripture backs it up, and centuries of like you said, I, I you never told me that story. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like that must have been that must have just the whole place must have been just flipped. Yeah, out. it's, oof. I I even today when I call home I ask about that priest because the the things that he was able to do in our faith. Right. He he actually is the one who also taught us that I think he was calling it to the addition prayer of thank you Jesus praise you Jesus whenever you come up against any situation. First thing is to thank Jesus and praise Him for that, and then pray whatever else that you you are seeking. It's and, and you know and here's the thing we we sometimes misunderstand Satan and evil spirits. It's not like they don't recognize that God exists or that Jesus exists. It's that they deny, mm. they deny, yeah. and they turn down their will to serve. So we we look at. Satan is not saying Jesus isn't God. Satan is like, no, we're not going to serve. So um, I was listening to a fascinating. Abstinence. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I, I was listening to a fascinating uh, online uh, speaker talking, and she used to be she used to be a witch, and she said in this talk that when or she she was um, uh, involved with Satanist, mm. she's like, if you took a, a ciborium of uns, unconsecrated hosts. Mm -hmm. 2,000, this is exactly what you said, 2,000 hosts and put one consecrated host in there, someone deeply involved in the satanic rituals could would know exactly which host it was that was consecrated. Wow. That Satan knows exactly the presence mm. yeah. of God, yeah. but did not, did, but out of lack of humility, out of pride, pride will yeah. not serve. Mm. So I think it's, 
as Catholics, we need to recognize the divinity mm -hmm. of God and the presence of Him in our church in the tabernacle. Yeah. Uh, because really, if you do that, then yeah. everything else kind of falls into place. Sure. Yeah. I know we've, we've, you know, we've, we've wandered a little <laughs> bit on it, but, but it's very, it's fascinating because, you know, I'd have kids in school and I was, you know, teaching religion, like, you know, well, why, what, why doesn't God prove it and why aren't there miracles? Yeah. And they're everywhere, you know, they're, they're everywhere. The Euchar all these different types of miracles. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's the stuff of Hollywood. But things like the possession and exorcism, you know, it gets it gets yeah. over glamorized yeah. or over Hollywoodized. Yeah. But I know in, in in my in my one my one career path, I had the chance to work with. Um, uh, I'll keep confidentiality, but I mean, a, a, a prominent person in 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 the world of exorcism, and to hear stories that just I mean, y you couldn't hear those stories or hear about them and not have a belief in the supernatural mm -hmm. and there's times when you go yes why can't the whole world see this like this these this is not things that are made up it, it's it's all out there i think i think there'd be no atheists if they could actually yeah. you know see for real some some the spiritual yeah. warfare that that goes on um but all of it as you said or you know john both it comes back to truth and it does not come back to you know in this day and age it's my truth your truth, oh, truth yes. her truth right yes, no yes. truth metaphysical reality supernatural reality and then within our within our within our faith mm. the reality that christ did give mm. uh you know um marching orders to the apostles yeah. uh, to to build this church the sixth chapter of john which i know in, in my life I, I i used to wrestle with and um you know i i love it already brought it up i mean there's jesus how many times body blood flesh mm. food mm. eat mm. drink body blood. i mean it's like so clear and and the jews right you know, they, they murmur. What, what is this? What is this? Cannibalism. They, they don't, it's hard for them. Yeah. But he doesn't say, uh, no, no, hold on. Okay. <sighs> Here's what I mean by, it. nope. Yeah. He, he goes further. Body, blood. Yeah. And then his disciples, right? Disciples, students, people who already were following him. Mm. So they, they already believed in him. They made a commitment to him. And what do they do in the sixth chapter of John? They leave. I mean, when else do we see people walking away mm. to return to their formal lives, mm. right? At the time of his crucifixion, yeah. in the yeah. teaching of the Eucharist, yeah. okay, that's not that wasn't a metaphor. My body is like bread, you know, and, and no, it's kind of, kind of. They walked well, away. Judas, Judas walked away right before, <laughs> right. And then I envisioned, and then what does he do, right? After the disciples yeah. walk away, you know, I always envisioned, you know, my own Hollywood interpretation. Here he is talking. The Jews are murmuring. The disciples are walking away, and then, and there's the apostles behind him, right? Yeah. So what does he do? He turns around. What are you going to do? Right? And they do what they always do. Like they all take one step back and they push Peter forward. Step, you know? <laughs> you. But what does Peter say? And and Peter's words in that sixth chapter to me have been impactful in my life, not just in terms of Eucharist, but in terms of in terms of any teaching mm -hmm. that we may struggle with. Mm -hmm. You know, to whom else are we going to yeah. go? Yeah. You know, yeah. we believe you're the Messiah. Yeah. You have the words of eternal life. Yeah. He doesn't say, Oh, are we Jesus, we get it. Through the miracle of transubstantiation, yeah. you offer us your body, body and blood, soul and divinity, none of the species of bread. He didn't know. He didn't know Jack. He didn't know Jack. I've seen you make the dead walk. Yeah. Right? I've seen you walk on water. Yeah. I've seen you feed the multitudes with a couple of fish and loaves. If we're supposed to receive your body and blood, <laughs> all right. What are you gonna okay, do? I'm in. Yeah. And we take it on faith. Yeah. And we take it on faith. Yeah. And that those words can apply to so many areas of life yeah. in our in our in our faith. We go, yeah. oh, that teaching, I don't know about that. That's not yeah, convenient. That's, that's not yeah. 
If it's not have, supposed to be convenient. It's right. If you have the words for, of eternal life, I'm in, Lord. I'm in. Yeah. I'll trust. I'll follow. Yeah, I'll and trust. Let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. That's a, that's a great, great way to do So I have it. a question for you. Sure. Um, because Catholic means universal, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know that, Catholic means universal. Um, and so as, as you're the only one here in this table of three of us who experienced a universal church where you were literally in two different cultures. Mm -hmm. You grew up in Africa and now you're here. So from your perspective, mm -hmm. you know, the church in Africa and the church here, mm -hmm. how does that play into you continuing to be Catholic? Oh, that's a very... Because everybody's question. very parochial. Everybody's very much, you know... This is my experience. Not, not yeah. even just yeah. America or... Right. Not even just America or Pennsylvania. Right. It's my Philadelphia, St. whatever, right. parish. This parish. <laughs> this, we, parish. Yeah, right. this parish is the only... Like, right. it is the church. And this is my pew and my seat. <laughs> that's right. Yes, yes, even more so. Right. So, it, it is. <laughs> Father knows when you're not yeah. there because your seat's yeah. up there. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to so, call you during homily. So, so, so what... what, what Give us, give us some like a yeah. broader, a broader yeah. sense of universal yeah. church and why you're Catholic based on two different cultures. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, first thing, um, where I grew up in Kenya, our parish was five miles away, like what we would consider a parish, where we would have the Blessed Sacrament. In my church, it was considered a local church. That not all, not every day we would have, or every Sunday we would have the Blessed Sacrament. Right. We wouldn't receive the Eucharist. The only thing we would do is just the liturgy of the word. Right. So that to me was something that I yearned for. The, the, the lack of the Eucharist every Sunday. Sometimes we would go for a whole month or two mm. without the Blessed Sacrament. Because you had no priest to consecrate. No. Yeah. No. Right. And also like the priests, first of all, we, we didn't have many priests. And if you needed that, you'll have to walk five miles to the parish. When it's rainy season, you can't even walk five miles. Now that hunger, when I came here, I'm just re responding to your question in that yes, piece. Right. And I found that next door there's a church <laughs> with a blessed sacrament. All the time. All the time. I was like, I was Mass every wife, morning. Mass every morning? <laughs> and the church is empty. And the church is empty? <laughs> I couldn't get it. Right. I called my mom and, and like... And you could still get there when it rained. Yeah. And you guys, you get that when it rains. I'm like, this is unbelievable. You have him there waiting for you saying, I'm right here, come on in. It's like somebody who has a feast and nobody's attending. Wow. Right. That to me just blew my mind. Wow. And back home, the mentality or the, the, the image we have is that, oh yeah, America and other countries in the West, the, the Catholic Church is dying. Uh, you know, nobody wants the faith thing anymore. And there people are like, wow, we are in, in speed of creating more disciples. And now I come here and I find, huh, why would somebody want to leave the church where everything is? Right. You are given in plenty. So that to me was a very, I would say, inspiring and it was also like feeding. It's like, oh yeah, I'm now, come on, come on, come on, I'm all here. So, and I started um, the practice of going to adoration uh, more often because obviously I didn't have it back home. Second thing is we, in my country, it's about, it takes a village. It takes a community to build anything of it. And I think that's something that I leaned on, and even right now, uh, people lean on most. Because we understand that this journey, by yourself, is very hard to make it. 
So when you belong to a community, uh, when you have weekly meetings, uh, Bible sessions, youth groups um, that meet every single week, I think that was very helpful in nurturing uh, me. So how did that, <laughs> when I came here, how was that affected? Obviously, uh, because of the navigation and, uh, and understanding the culture here, I had to learn to identify what community is there. First of all, I didn't have community so except my family so I need to identify and to look for a community and so that I made a decision a conscious decision to, to join the Knights of Columbus to become an active participant of the parish life uh, you know being a lector um, at one of the parishes I joined the choir because I needed to that community because that's part of who I am I don't thrive alone in the journey of faith and as you always say it takes a a village to, uh, to to make the faith living. Now, that thing I think, and I think it's the most important thing, and I've just mentioned it is making the conscious decision, making the effort, working it out uh, to immerse in the prayers that I was taught back home. Even today, even during the during the mass or different occasions, sometimes I would say the, the prayers in my mother language, because that to me it's. It makes me think and feel like I'm connected in a, in a sense, in a better way. It's English is fine, but I have to like kind of. You know, I never <laughs> thought of that, John. So when you pray in your head, is it in your native language or in English? Uh, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I pray in my native language. Like that it, never occurred to me. Like that, it never even occurred to me because I mostly hear you speak English. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be sitting in the car and I, I would just start praying in my native language which is just as powerful uh, prayer even during in during no, it makes perfect sense yeah, it I, just I, never it has yeah. never occurred to me <laughs> <laughs> no. so and i think those are some of the fundamental things that i found really unique and different um and it also was good for me to come here and see there are people who practice faith right that was a huge deal for me because again the image people have down there is the U.S. and some of the Western countries, people don't practice faith. People do whatever they want. It is their own thing. So coming in to find yeah, people who practice faith, I said, I am home. Because they are, there's a community. There are people who are on fire for Christ. So yeah. does that answer your question? No, it does. That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good place to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So really, I mean, just to wrap it up here, yes, yes. Uh, it seems like the number one reason that the three of us are still Catholic is the sacraments and the Eucharist. Sacraments and Eucharist. I, I'm really. And making the conscious decision yeah. every day. Yeah. Every day. So, every day. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to have to come back to this later on. Yes. Uh, uh, in a future episode, I think there's more to talk about yeah, here. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, good conversation, Yeah, guys. because yes. I would like you for sure to have those people who are struggling to stay Catholic, especially in this era, right. uh, which is a point that we didn't touch, uh, right. per se. But, uh, Lots of big topics. Yeah, big topics. And But I like it. I like I like this kind of That's conversation. That's great. That's great. Yes. Uh, again, uh, this is uh, John Kinutia, the host of Catholic Village Catholic Conversation, joined by my co-host, Adby Majunia, and our friend Tom Farrell. This has been Village Catholic Conversation. Until next time, start your own conversation. Start your own conversation.